0: All right, welcome back to Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot, and today I've got the pleasure of bringing on Tyler Dolph. Tyler is a father of two. He is a husband to Ann. He's the CEO of Rocket Clicks, uh, which is a hyper-focused digital marketing and advertising agency located in Tyler. Great on pronunciation, Menemone Falls, Wisconsin. Yeah, pretty close, Menominee. Menominee. There we go. Well, welcome, of- Tyler. I'm, I'm pumped to have you here. Thanks so much for the opportunity. So you guys are 50, roughly 50-ish people? Yeah, fifty-five, somewhere in there. Can you, I like, I hate kind of opening up and giving people the, hey, tell me your life story type of thing. But how old is the agency right now? Let's try and just give people a picture of kind of the agency. Uh, 2008. Okay, cool. So you're 15 years in. Congrats on hitting uh, 15 years. Has, you can almost has, has What's the growth to 50 folks? Is that like slow and steady along the way or big inflection points here or there?
1: Big inflection points, for sure. Um, it, it's been more like glass ceiling, you know, break it through the whatever that proverbial glass ceiling is in, in our journey and adopting different systems and processes. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been a, a marathon, though, for sure. So
0: I met you at the EOS conference in Indianapolis here a couple of months ago. Where did EOS figure into the journey? Did you come across that uh, pretty early on or towards the, towards the last, half, last half of the journey?
1: Uh, I took over the business eight years ago and we adopted and integrated EOS on my, in my first year. Wow. So yeah, we've been running exclusively on EOS for over seven years. Um, I want to come back to that, but
0: what does take over the agency mean you were working there?
1: Yes. So, I'll give you the the long version since we're on a podcast. I uh, I come from a sales and marketing background. I was working at a very large event marketing company here in Milwaukee and it, it uh, caused me to travel almost every week. So, every week I was on a plane running an event for this this company and um, one day I was flying back to Denver where I'm from originally uh, to run Oktoberfest and I Got on this delta flight and i was sitting in the exit row and this plane was it was a it was an interesting plane and the the stewardess had this jumper seat that sort of came down and, and she made eye contact through the whole flight it was very very weird but it was one of those planes um and so i sit down i open you know whatever business book i'm reading at the time this guy next to me comes sits down same thing we sort of exchange pleasantries but nothing nothing more we take off we end up landing in denver everyone's getting up to get their bags and and such and someone from behind us comes up and just starts like berating the stewardess just yelling stewardess for for something that had happened i don't remember exactly what it was but this guy next to me he just he saves the day like he intervenes he calms everyone down and and it was it was magical and i thought i gotta know who this who this guy is i got so i end up chatting him up through the uh, Jet bridge and um, and Denver. you have to take a train to get the baggage claim, and so I'm I'm just chatting him up, telling him all the things because I'm so enamored with his ability to to calm the situation down. And anyway, one thing leads to another. He tells me that he he has and owns this small digital marketing agency, and I tell him I'm looking for something you know different because I'm traveling too much or I'm trying to start a family. So just all these things happen. Well, it turns out that the guy I was sitting next to is a founder. Um, and owner of and At that time, RocketClix was very small, um, eight people, maybe 10 clients. Um, and it was part of a, another organization, and, and RocketClix was sort of just a talent hub for this other larger organization. So I got the opportunity to come in and, and do some business development work. About six months into that, the president at the time ended up leaving to start a business with his father. Jeff same guy brings me in his office says listen you know you guys aren't very big you're not making a ton of money i'm going to give you the chance to run the business for the next 12 months and if you can grow it a little bit you know great you'll have it otherwise i think we're going to just shut it down because nothing's really happened so all because i sat down on this random flight uh in this random exit row i got the opportunity to take over rocket clicks um eventually became a partner in the business and you know we've, we've had a hell of a journey sets, but uh, it's a, a unique way to to get into this business that is
0: wild agency owners putting out client fires and other people's fires for for decades just say that's that's amazing what so then how um I'm kind of mixing back and forth the stories here but where did the exposure to EOS come from was that you found it
1: uh, he, so Jeff, who's my partner in the business today, he, he runs a law firm day to day. So, um, he's heavily involved in, in running that business. And he, him and I are both sort of business book. We just love the podcast and business books and all the things. And he read traction one day, you know, eight years ago and said, Hey, you should check this out. So I read it. was like, okay, yeah, cool. Best practices. And I don't know how many realists your are on EOS, but the typical, the journey that I've heard is you try to implement yourself, you fall on your face and then you actually get serious and you get an implementer. And we were, we were 100% that, you know, our leadership team at the time was like, Oh, we got this. We'll do these L 10 things and we'll create these rocks. Um, and it, it, it just didn't take hold for a a number of reasons. So we hired an incredible implementer out of Minnesota. And John, the is his name. And, uh, he, he changed our whole world. He changed our life here at RocketClicks. Uh, he helped us institute process and create at, at Awesome VTO and, and really established the vision for the agency that uh, we still utilize today.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. How many years have you been to the EOS conference?
1: We have exhibited and sponsored every EOS conference. Wow. Since its inception. I, I didn't realize that. Why? I mean, is tr- are trade shows part
0: of your normal go-to-market plan? No.
1: It's the only trade show we exhibit at, and now it's more of a reunion than a trade show, really, because uh, all the great people that are there. But we just found that we love working with U.S. businesses. We have a common language. We've we become part of their their business. We sit in their marketing L10s. We have a, a seat at the table. And having that that commonality and, and understanding um, has been a great bridge for us to to be able to help us grow our businesses and also support businesses all over the country. Yeah, that's amazing. How helpful it, in reality, because this is a
0: unique opportunity to talk to somebody who's running marketing for a lot of companies who run on EOS. So EOS on the VTO, on the vision side, you've got your purpose, cause, or mission. You've got your niche. You've got your three uniques, kind of the, the marketing plan. How helpful is that in actually deploying day-to-day marketing?
1: Uh, I think it's helpful from a vision standpoint, understanding where the company wants to go. I think that as an agency, we're extremely passionate about client service. Like retention is the number one metric that we talk about. How can we add value to our clients? How do we get them to stick around longer? And what we found is that by truly understanding what success looks like to our clients, the, the more we can understand that, the longer we will stay and the more value we'll add. And so that sort of starts with the VTO, right? Like understanding where these business owners wanna take their business, who they believe their target market is today, it's fun to to test that theory and say, "Hey, your target market might be this externally, but online it might be this." Um, but by having that foundation, it allows us to to add more value uh, faster. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: From a retention perspective, what are those? Uh, how does that get represented on your um, scorecard internally? Is that uh, it's a metric we uh, every day? Logo retention or revenue retention? Logo retention. Logo retention.
1: Yeah, both. We do talk about both because, you know, there's some non-ideal clients in in everyone's uh, client book, but uh, understanding what the ratio of ideal clients are and then how long they're staying. And I think it's just to riff on retention for a, a second. It's really important to understand how long your clients are staying and then understand the inflection points that happen throughout the relationship to try and extend that life cycle. So for example, let's say your average retention is one year. Well, at the six month mark, you should be reselling your, your entire suite of services at the nine month mark. You better be like getting on a plane or understanding where they're at mentally, because by month 10 or 11, they're thinking about leaving. Right. So thankfully, uh, and we're extremely grateful. Our uh, current client retention is over two and a half years. So we keep our clients for a long time from an agency perspective and and we are continually trying to push that out further yeah
0: that's amazing what um are there any strange things or things that might uh be useful to listeners that you found in terms of either the inflection points or what you've done to to create an environment where people are being reti- where clients are or makes sense to retain them for that long
1: um So our client retention strategy starts at our values, like three out of our five values revolve around client service and response times and adding value and communicating, you know, at a high level. I think one interesting trick that keeps coming up that seems very elementary is like, just ask, like literally ask the client how they're doing, how are we doing, what can we do better? Was this helpful? Did you get what you needed out of this call? like. I think so often agencies or client service teams will come in with their own agenda and so they'll jump on a monthly call and they'll just start you know ripping off their agenda as opposed to to, to saying hey client how's it going how's business you know what are you working on this week well how's that rock coming along that we helped you prepare right gaining that insight is going to help you create a more robust uh, conversation and and have a better more effective meeting yeah do you also layer in any type of um, survey?
0: You know, like NPS is the classic example, but any type of uh, survey.
1: We do. I fought it for a long time. My argument always was if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we should know how our clients are feeling. Like if, if we're doing our job, we shouldn't need a survey to tell us whether or not we're doing good or bad. But using a survey, doing it in an unbiased fashion has, has added a lot of value. And so the, the team was right on that one. They win that. That little check mark. Uh, so we do both. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. How do you get honest answers from clients? And maybe tied to this is, how do you train team members to pursue honest answers um, from clients? Is there any kind of standardized? If you, if I'm working at Rocket Clicks and I come on board and I'm in a client facing role, do I go through any kind of standardized training?
1: Yes, you definitely go through a standardized training, um, but there's no silver bullet. I was listening to a Alex from Ozy podcast today and he actually said, you know, there's no silver bullet, but there's thousands of golden BBs. And I'm like, all right, that's such a good, such a good point. You can make 1% improvements every single day and, and get better at any specific skill. And client services is no different, right? Understanding communication, picking up on, you know, facial cues and and what the client's saying, but really not saying, all of those little tactics are, are gained through experience and through through teaching. And so we have a, a deep focus and process as it relates to teaching our team how to communicate, what to communicate, um, but it also takes reps. It takes being on those client calls and having the client ask a tough question or have them be not as clear as they they should be and, and forcing our team to ask why or to ask for more information. One of the best
0: tools that we've implemented our last two years is a tool called Avoma, Voma, A-V-O-M-A, and it just, you know, joins Zoom or whatever call you're on, records it, video, audio, goes back and transcribes it, you know, uses the AI to say, here's where you talked about pricing, here's where you got objections, here's where you were planning whatever. And then it allows you in that transcript to take, you know, just select the body of text and comment back and forth. So if you're doing call reviews, you can kind of quickly speed stuff up or go to specific sections of calls and make these playlists internally. So I can take, you know, from my side as I was handing off sales, I was able to take one playlist and say, Hey, these are good. These are good sales calls. Go listen to this one. I I feel like I did a, a pretty good job here, but conversely, here's my bad call playlist. Here's the ones where I, I botched it. And you can see kind of my commentary around what I did poorly. Um, do you do anything like that or has there any been anything in terms of how you because this has been an ongoing conversation lately? Is how do we keep refining, training, improving our account manager, our project managers, who are client facing? Has there been anything like that's that's been helpful for you?
1: We've just recently started recording and watching back those recordings. So we don't have that tool. What was it? VOMA? Avoma. A V O M A. I'll shoot it to you. Yeah. Thank you. Um it's been hugely impactful. Just forcing our team to rewatch their meeting. Cause you don't know what's happening as you're sort of talking and presenting and doing all the things And you'll rewatch it with a fresh set of eyes. You're like, Oh wow. Oh, I shouldn't have said, um, so many times, or why did I pause in that weird way? Um, and, and having that experience in training, you know, if you think about like a golf, golf school or golf shot, all the teachers want to record and, and have you watch yourself. Same, same is true for any other. School. Yeah.
0: We built this software platform, a project management platform way back in the day called Do Inbound. And we used this tool called Full Story that recorded user sessions. And they sent you, uh, when you signed up, they sent you like this um, stack of papers and it was all the game film. And it, it yeah, like they played into the uh, the sports theme. It was a structured kind of a sheet for everyone to sit around and take notes as you watch sessions together. That was the most painful thing to do. Like, the button is right there. Please <laughs> just click it. And people you, you know wander around and, and it's not obvious to them, but it should be obvious and you're exactly right I mean it's the same exact thing in customer service as well is we should be watching our game film and figure out 100%. how to better how to get better from
1: but I also love the idea of creating a highlight reel yeah. so when you are training say here's what good looks like, yeah,
0: exactly right yeah nobody that. i mean the challenge in in most agencies, the reality is there is no standardized training uh you come in and you get um you know, trained by Maggie and you look awesome. Like you get, you learn all the best practices and then someone else comes in and they get trained by gray and it's like, yeah, you know, scattered stuff all over the place. And it's, it's not at all the, uh, the right way to build. Um, so yeah, standardizing it and then reviewing and coaching and showing what good looks like is, is a huge piece of it. What, uh, so I'll love your kind uh, of, um, testimonial and credit to your EOS implementer, um, uh, being a big part of your journey. Have there been any other... We talk a lot about tools, you know, like I recommended Avoma. That comes up all the time in agency circles. One of the things that doesn't come up all the time is any other great professional service providers that you've worked with? Has there been anyone who's represented to you, you've purchased and had a professional services engagement where you're like, hey, team, this was so good coming from whomever. Have you had any engagements like that that stick out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like... I am your classic raging visionary. So I, just like I lit up when you told me about that new platform, like I get so excited about new shiny things that uh, sometimes have incremental benefits, sometimes are game changers. Uh, I'll tell you that we, we recently, about a year ago, brought out a fractional CFO agency. So we had a bookkeeper now, so we've never had an official CFO, we're sort of trending in that direction yeah, at some point, but in the interim, we wanted to get a fractional CFO. So of get our, dip our toes in the water. And so we use uh, Ramsey Innovations. And Ramsey's great because John Morris, their founder, is an agency CEO. He built Rise Interactive uh, and sold it and now is, is providing CFO services to agencies. So the the CFO services are great. Like, no complaints. To me, that's like black or white. Like, they are the numbers right or aren't they? The relationship and the key learnings that we've gotten from John and his team based on the fact that he's been to where we're trying to go um, has been immeasurable. Yeah, that's
0: amazing. Um, to hear, that's not an area that most people rave about. Most people are not going, my accountant's awesome or my lawyer is awesome. Those are like the two last categories <laughs> to hear about. Um, but that's amazing. And the team at, at Ramsey Innovations uh, definitely knows knows what they're doing.
1: Uh, one more, if I could. Yeah, I'd love that. Right, a lot of this. Um, we were really passionate, or are really passionate about personal development, and we tried book clubs, and we bring in like a consultant to come do a three-day training, and you know all that stuff's great, but they're like little blips, right? Like you get this really big euphoric uplift, and then over time it sort of uh, goes downward. Well, our president today, is, his name's Tony. He's an unbelievable. He actually got trained in a leadership system called Giant. And Giant is something that we've incorporated across our entire organization. And it is a weekly series and training that our entire team goes through as it relates to leadership and understanding who you are uh, so that you can lead yourself, so that you can lead others. Uh, and it has been transformational. It is the uh, the thing I hear most as CEO from our team that that we're doing right.
0: That's awesome. I don't think I'm familiar. uh, So I will definitely, I also will light up here and I'll, uh, I'll look that one up. Well, along the leadership lines, how do you, so um, you got a family at home. Um, How do you balance time between being the CEO of uh, an agency and then caring for your family well?
1: Now, that's certainly something I've not perfected. I am not uh, crushing that game. I think the, the tips and tricks I've found to work the best are simply prioritizing prioritizing it, right? You can't work all the time. I'm extremely blessed to have an incredible team that works here at RocketClicks that, that runs the business day to day. It allows me to really do what what I like to to do, which is build new relationships and and create new opportunities for the business, and so it's just prioritizing it. And when you're home, be home. Like put your phone in a drawer, put your Apple Watch in a drawer. Your kids know that I they catch me all the time. You know, I like pretend to go to the kitchen to get a snack, and really I'm you know, checking emails
0: or something. Yep.
1: So uh, it's certainly not perfect, like I said, but uh, it, it really comes down to being aware of where you're at, and then being able to to dedicate that focus and mind share to that activity. Um, So then you're not trying to do two things at once. Right, that makes sense. Are you, uh, is the whole team in the office? Are you using a physical office? Uh, They were, they were in uh, March of 2020. We had uh, 34 employees then all in uh, here in Menominee Falls near Milwaukee. Uh, And we, I think like a lot of businesses, you know, gave everyone a box like, hey, just take some stuff home you know, you'll be back in a week. It'll be fine. Uh, and since then we, um, sort of downsized. So we still have an office. Um, you, people can, can show up and work. My theory is like, I want the office to be an escape from home. So like you used to go to a coffee shop when you were in office. I want our office to sort of be that escape if you need to get out and people come in, uh, sporadically, but I have a uh, six year old, three year old little boys, so I need the routine. I need to get up and get out of the house so we we maintain the office, but it is not what it was. Life looks a little different. Yes, it does.
0: Anything has anything been super effective around kind of maintaining that culture as you've gone about and now there's people who are working at Rock who never had that in office experience?
1: Um well, a couple things. So ne- the benefit is obviously we get to hire people nationwide. So we don't have to settle for B's or C's. We can just hire A's. What we've done that has really helped the culture, because I sort of believe that everyone comes in with their culture battery full and then it depletes over time. Hmm. We fly in every new employee to have their first week of employment at RocketClicks HQ. We have our team come in, we do lunches, you know, all our local team members, they'll come in. Um, and we make sure that they have a really great welcome to Rocket Clicks. They do all their IT setup and all the stuff. So that's been huge. Um, and then we do two or three all-team events every single year. Wow. So bring everyone back, fly everyone in for uh, a Brewer game, uh, local baseball team here in town, and then we fly everyone in for an annual celebration to, to celebrate the year prior, um, the award ceremony, whole deal. So uh, that's been key. People love those as we've grown, it's it's harder and harder to bring 50 people or 100 people back. So we're in discussions about how we maintain that culture as we continue to scale. You know, it's is it sub teams that come in or departments that come in instead? So we're working through that right now. Right. That makes sense. Um, I thought, well, you said there was interesting that people
0: come in with their culture battery full. Where does that belief come from? And may tell me more about that.
1: I think it's... Um, I don't know where it comes from. It, it's just uh, yeah, everyone's excited for a new job and they want to give it their all. And then over time, plaque builds up. Maybe you have a shitty meeting or you don't do as well as you thought you were doing or you didn't get the promotion you thought you were going to get or whatever happens, right? Life happens. And if you're not recharging that battery, if you're not having the the team come together and support each other in a, in a real way, um, you're going to you're getting frustrated. And so we also do weekly all team meetings. Every Friday we meet and we talk, we call it industry updates. So we talk about what's happening with the algorithms and AI and, and everything that's there. But we also have a, a shout out portion where team members shout each other out for things that are, are great based on our values. Um, and that's really important to to just keeping up the, the culture. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I think that's, figuring out like what's that space for how do we create experiences it's one thing that um i'm trying to figure out at zen pilot is how do we create experiences that can recharge that battery you know i think i think of like in my own marriage uh every time and this could be in any relationship but every time uh it could be anything you can get uh rejected with something you want disappointed by someone not you know expectations just not being uh met and all those can kind of become, if you hang onto those, those all become pebbles that weigh into a bag of like justification for whatever you want to then go, you know, how do I justify my own selfishness um, is kind of like, I'm, I'm loading up this uh, bag with rocks that tip the scales where it's okay, now I'm allowed to go be selfish. That's not at all we want. We should have a, you know, healthy relationship. Those are like, hey, brought in and there's a, ri- a ritual and a rhythm around, hey, I'm releasing these, I'm forgiving or I'm understanding. Um, and so there's no, there's no buildup of that plaque. Same thing in a, in a work environment to your point, like how do we build the experiences and the opportunities for people to have that kind of recharge? And, uh, yeah, I didn't, my expectations weren't met here, but I'm not going to hang on to that. I'm gonna let that go. And, and, uh,
1: yeah, the things, um, that I talked about were on like sort of the corporate, like holistic level. Uh, one thing I forgot about is we give every manager a stipend to do team only things. So for the team, the managers that are managing a virtual team, they'll do a virtual scavenger on their virtual trivia or send everybody lunch one day and then they'll all get on zoom and eat lunch together. It's it's like little moments yeah. and then big moments, right. That, that all culminate into to charging that battery.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. All right, I got two questions left for you, and then I'll, I'll make sure I get chatting here on time. But uh, one is kind of as we look forward here over the second half of uh, twenty twenty three. What's on the radar for Rocket Clicks? What are you guys pushing into, or what are you personally most excited about?
1: I'm I'm very excited about AI. I, I think everyone is right. It's like the hottest topic ever. Um, but I'm I think in a different way. I believe that. As AI continues to evolve and create efficiencies for agencies, for example, like, you know, when I first started eight years ago, all we talked about was bid management. Oh, we took it, take it up a penny, drop it by a penny. We're going to be so efficient with your budget because we got all the levers. Well, levers are gone, right? And they're going to continue to to go away. And I'm very excited about that because I believe it's going to transition more into like a doctor-patient relationship as in being the doctor, I have access to every drug available and I can prescribe those on a very individual, personalized level based on what I know about the patient, how old they are, what season they're in, what kind of shape they're in currently, all the things, all those factors are gonna go into my recommendation and my prescription. Well, the same thing is true about marketing, right? There's so many platforms, there's so many initiatives, so many cool things. But the more you know where your client's at, what season they're in, how their business is doing, who their target market is, who the well, you know what the lifetime value is—all the things that encompass a client relationship—the more effective you're going to be able to drive a personalized strategy. And so, I think I'm doubling down in the idea that client service and strategy matters more than anything, and is going to continue to matter because AI can't—you can't AI that, right? Um, and so we're really focused and excited about our dedication to client service and having those personalized relationships with our clients so that we can build those prescriptions on on an individual level. Yeah. Makes total sense. I think there's this whole sub
0: that like we'll look back on from this period of time where you know, every, every most companies fall into this visionary integrated relationship and leadership, whether they're running on EOS and use those terms or not. And so, all the visionaries that I talk to right now are still real. Like, we are being, you know, we're playing with mid journey during the day, and then we're like chat CPT, BARD, and whatever else at night, and uh, learning about vector databases and whatever else. And then there's this integrator are trying to pick up pieces of all these crazy ideas. And they're like, what does this mean for us today? It's like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like, this is the future. And it's like, yeah, but to get to the future, we got to live each day at a time. Uh, so, there's, there's this uh, sub theme of all these conversations I'm having with agency uh, owners and leaders who are like kind of battling back and forth on what will, oh, yeah. you know, what's practical, how do we actually allocate our time
1: here, which is kind of funny. Can I give you a, a theory, an AI theory that I think uh, could be fun? Yeah. So if we believe that everyone's gonna utilize AI and let's take content, for example, everyone's gonna use AI for content, which means all of the content is gonna be at like whatever the best AI level is, let's call that like an eight. Well, there's going to be this opportunity to create level 10 content that is going to rise above the, the you know, rest and, and be able to dominate across whatever, you know, specific topic that is. And so it'll be interesting to watch as AI evolves and people continue to utilize it, that there's going to be all this like level A content out there. Who's going to focus on, on delivering that level 10? You know, Rolls-Royce does pretty well and they're still handmade vehicles, right? Right. So, uh, I think there's always an opportunity to capitalize in different environments. Yeah,
0: 100%. Okay, last question for you. If you can give uh agency operators out there your number one tip for running you know, a more efficient, less chaos-filled, more clarity-filled agency, what's that what's that top tip or top couple tips?
1: A couple I've learned over time is when you're small, and mighty revenue is oxygen, Double down on sales. Don't worry so much about retention. Like you just need to figure shit out and you need to get people in the door. As you scale and as you grow, target market becomes more important than ever. Understanding who are you best at serving. We did this exercise recently. It was really great. We, we put our top 10 revenue generating clients on the board. We asked our team, who are your top five or top 10 favorite clients to work with? We put them on the board. And then we said, who are our best performing? Like, who do we just dominate? And we would love to have 10 of that. And we put them on the board. And then we just looked at like, where were the commonalities? What were the features and benefits? All the things that that created this perfect client. And then we were able to categorize that. Like, that is our target market. That's who we're going to go after. And yes, we're still going to say yes to some other things, but our bullseye is this and here are the reasons and so by doubling down on that target market and who you're best at uh is going to allow you to scale faster that's awesome Tyler. this has been great uh, i
0: appreciate you making time to come on and share here today um rocket clicks we'll make sure that we get the website uh
1: in the show notes but anywhere you want to point people to follow along or
0: anything else you want to plug
1: uh linkedin would be great uh love interacting with with everyone on linkedin um i'm an open book if you have any questions or want to just chat uh, about building an agency, uh, I'm your guy. But I really appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. This has been great. Thanks so much.